What's up, y'all? How you doing? Welcome to this week's episode of The Bomb Pod. It's Joda here. I want to give everybody a big shout out for listening to the last prior episodes. I've gotten great feedback on it, and I appreciate that. It's been great to hear. I do have myself here another guest, someone who had actually helped me move here and is part of the responsible reasons that I'm here in the situation. My man, introduce yourself. My name is Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. My name is Isaac Simbler, wolf behind the camera, creative director, visionary, or at least I like to think so. You know, we're all visionaries. In our own uh, right. In our, I, own way. in our own way. I just, I don't like to hype myself up too much. I guess it's kind of comes with a, the territory of being a director. You try to be critical on yourself, but at the same time, you want to hype yourself up. So it's like you're you're at a duality. It's like, how do I prove that I'm worth but how do I feel that I'm worth at the same time? You know what? Dude, you hit the nail on the fucking head. I've had that issue all year this year where I'm like, I know who I am, but these circumstances are making me look musty. And like, it's pretty hard to stand on top of them when you're home all day and you're like in some sort of prison. It's almost like, uh, it's like living in, in an episode of, or rather, if it were a show, the Truman Show, mm-hmm. an actual show. I've always felt like, and this sounds a little conceited. I've always felt like my life is a little bit like the Truman Show, where it's just like, I feel like everything's going on around me and it's all just like a plot. And the plot just thickens with everything that happens in my life. And it's just like, who the fuck is watching? Every time something bad happens in my life, I always like do a little turn over my show. I'm like, all right, who the fuck is watching right now? Bro, Who's psycho. playing this joke on me? You're, you're also the NPC in my story. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's the same fucking shit. I, I've now have come to terms with there is a higher power. Or I'm in a simulation because at the rate that things are happening to me and around me and the energies I'm noticing, it's it's like there, there can't be just coincidences to, that are just happening so much. So I forgot the name of the movie. It's not Inception. It was it was this one where towards the ending, it was like a map of everything that was happening. Or it might have been Doctor Strange, to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know. I fell asleep during that movie. <laughs> it's like the only Marvel movie I fell asleep in. It was terrible. There's like three movies that I really wanted to watch and I just like completely knocked out. It was Doctor Strange, The Incredibles 2, which was, I was super pissed. My girlfriend saw me fall asleep, didn't say anything, waited till the end of the movie. And then I saw what happened at the end. I'm like, wait, how long was I asleep? And she said, the entire movie. And I'm just like, why would you let me sleep? And she's like, you look so peaceful. I didn't want to wake you up. <laughs> that one. And then um, I think it was The Incredible Hulk on Father's Day. We had just watched three movies and it was just like, damn, you, you can't make it through that third one without shutting oh some eye. God, you know what? I would always be super annoyed at like, like smoking and then like having been asked, do you want to watch a movie? I'm like, I do. But can I? I'm gonna if I hit the bed and these lights get blue, I'm probably gonna pass out eventually. If you put me at a 45 degree angle, I'm probably gonna knock out. <laughs> Don't put me on a couch laying flat or on a bed laying flat watching a movie because I'm gonna knock out. But uh, nah, yeah, man, uh, it's been it's been a crazy year. We were just talking about it right before, but uh, I guess I'll let you guide the conversation. Um, on that visionary shit you mentioned, like I, I struggle with that shit because I, like you know, like. Creative people have, like, it's just a completely bipolar lifestyle. It's, like, who you are on the inside when you look in the mirror and then who you have to deal with on the outside. So, 
it's 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 must be frustrating as fuck because I feel the same way of like I have the like an idea is like a like a fucking like like a scab I want to pick at all the time, and I don't get happy until it's over. So like I feel like when I when I mention that to creative people, they just think I'm insane. I mean to non-creative people, right? So like I've been this year, I've just decided visionary is what it is. Um, I like what I like. I know I have these intrinsic things and I'm just going to pursue them full the fuck on. Cause why else? Like everybody else is, there's no, there's no stability for any of us right now. Might as well just fucking go for it. Go for the most obscene thing. You know, you know, you remember in elementary school when, uh, when the teacher every single month, there was like a new theme. Mm-hmm. So like autumn would come and then she would change the entire classroom. Everything was like orange colored it's the same thing for creatives. It's like, all right, what's what's my vibe of the month? That's that's what it really feels like. It's like, all right, am I excelling this month? Am I feeling left behind? Am I feeling like I'm caught up? And it's just like, and, and these are all feelings that you feel on a daily basis, but it's definitely where it keeps a consistent theme in your life. It's like, all right, this month, it just feels like, okay, I'm getting a bag of dicks. And like at this, at this rate, how am I going to bounce back? And then the next month it can feel like, oh shit, I'm on top of the fucking world. I just mm-hmm. directed three videos. I just did two live events, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? You can feel like the top of the world and then at the bottom of the world so quickly. It's just like, what's the theme for this month? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like on, on, on me as... Let's say I'm playing guitar. There's no fe- there's a, there's no better feeling like playing a guitar with new strings on it. <clears throat> Two three weeks pass by, they get they start aging. So like week three that I'm practicing on on some Monday morning, and the strings are rusty and I feel I suck. I'm like I, I suck. I can't do what I was doing now. Instant like r- like where have my skills gone? And it's just, it is a combination of probably rustiness. But, like, I think about the strings. I think about my fingers. I'm like, what am I doing? I think about, like, why haven't I not excelled at this in the last 10 yeah, years? Yeah, you just start, you're getting way into your head about everything. And it's just, like, it's all muscle memory, at least for artists. Because for me, being a cameraman, it's just muscle memory. It's like, I remember how to do this stuff. I'm confident I know how to do it. But why do I feel this lapse in, like, not judgment, but I guess character where it's, like, I don't have confidence in my abilities. So then that's where you got to kind of, like, snap out of it. And I'll have these lapses in, in time, like self-help is a huge theme in my life that I, i've been trying to excel at and you know you went to tony robbins i did go to tony we will robbins. talk about that later yeah yeah and, and that cool stuff coming up mm-hmm. with that. yeah um but i have to like always be developing some way shape or form in my life like if i'm not moving i'm not grooving you know what i mean I, i'm not I don't feel successful. If I'm not trying to better myself, if I'm not planning my day out or uh, planning my months out, if I'm not making treatments for videos, if I'm not, you know, making treatments for my life, like, hey, this is what I want to do in the next month. This is what I want to accomplish. If I don't have an outlook and shit and I just feel like I have no control over the situation, I feel like I'm left behind. And and that's where ultimately, and you as a creative, I'm, I'm sure you can empathize. It's like, how do I continue this theme of going up, up and up and not getting stuck in my head and feeling like I'm left behind? And that's where that duality that we were talking about earlier comes into place. Like, damn, you can feel like you're the shit, but you can also feel like you aren't worth shit at the same time. It, it's so interesting that you, you mentioned, um, you were mentioning technique and creativity because unfortunately it goes hand in hand. And it's like, let's say, is your primary tool your camera right now or your, or your editing software? Not, not, to, not to make a claim at anything, but just to say like, which one of those... Have you diligently had to work on to bring your vision to life? Well, that's kind of like saying, which one are you better at? Are you better at playing live or playing, you know, live to tape? Oh, for me? No, what? 
I, I want. Let me hear your answer because I'll give you my musician side. But I want to hear. I want to hear because the, the reason why I say that and, and the reason why it's it, I, I understand where you're coming from, but it's more so a point of like, all right, editing software and editing as a whole is something completely separate that I charge for. Mm-hmm. Like and and videographers, photographers, anybody creative in the field with a camera, if you're listening. Definitely do not do bundle pricing unless you have a set price list. Like, hey, this is what goes towards that cost. Because, like, I've had it done before where, like, I'll bundle up, I'll shoot six hours of video and you'll get a whole three minute video. Mm-hmm. They don't really know what they're paying for. And, yeah. and that's why people get lost in translation. Like, oh, yeah, music video should be six, seven hundred bucks, bro. Just make it happen. No, there's a little bit more that goes into that. And that's why it's like what you charge for a live event. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're playing at a venue. That's completely different from what you would charge to, let's say, pre-record a tape, right? For a yes, demo yes, or yes, some, yes. something of the sort that you would probably get compensated for. Mm-hmm. It's completely separate things. So that's why it's like there's not really one, there's not something I'm doing more than the other. It's more so what's what works coming in. Like last week, I did 32 videos in six days with my team. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It's a big sigh of relief. I'm so glad I'm here on the other side. I am just got the invoice back today. <clears throat> Boom. We're good. You know what I mean? Like... That's the kind of shit that I'm trying to do on not just a daily basis, but just for the rest of my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I, I love what I do. I, I don't have any doubts about that in my head. I just don't love the process that I'm in right now. I, I feel like I'm playing catch up. And we were talking a little bit about it before. It's like with this pandemic, shit's been going south. You know what I mean? They, they shot up my car the other day when I wasn't even fucking, I wasn't even awake. And, you know, it's just, there's so many things going on and there's a lot of moving parts to my life that I, I just want to feel everybody wants to feel that equilibrium. Everybody wants to feel that (sighs) sigh of relief. And every time that I get to that (sighs) part, I'm at the top of the breath, feels like something's there to bring me back down to, you know, the beginning of the whole cycle. So, and and I completely lost the tangent that we were on. You were, you were asking me something about editing and and shooting, but I asked cause I know there, I know it's on different, on different realms, but since, you know, visionaries involve having to, like we talked about being a jack of all trades, even though you don't want to be at a certain point, which one uh, did you have to put more work like into figuring out? Like for me, I know editing software has been my mission because I've noticed it takes more than just what I thought to bring my certain ideas to life. But then that also made me go back to Cameron being like, what can I shoot more practical in order to not have to be uh, stuck in, in, in a rendering hell, for example. Um, and if you have any you know advice on that or just which one do you prefer? So I guess what you're saying is which one's my favorite pretty much. Yeah. That's the short answer. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> nah. And I love them individually, obviously. But if I have to say what's my bread and butter, what do I want to be doing all day? I want to be behind a camera. There's a reason why my, you know, my at is wolf behind a camera. It's because that's where I belong. And that's where I feel happy. Like during this pandemic, we were talking about how, you know, we sometimes didn't have shit going on for us and we felt like, you know, we were getting this cabin fever that we couldn't freaking shake. That's the feeling I get when I'm not out in the field. So like, I don't mind editing. I don't mind doing those 32 videos in six days. Cool, whatever. I'm behind, you know, I'm sitting at my desk. I'm comfortable. I'm able to do whatever I want to, you know. I'll, but at the end of the day, if I'm not out there shooting, interacting, like I'm a, I'm a social butterfly. At least I, I like to think so. You know what I mean? So if I'm not out there interacting with people, I feel like I'm just like aging super fast. <laughs> I feel like I'm aging at four times the speed I was before. I thought I was introverted. I was wrong. Uh, my I'm an introverted extrovert. 
I'm sorry. Yeah, extroverted was the word I wanted to use earlier, and I introverted. Sorry, but I'm definitely an introverted extrovert because I am an extrovert with the people that I trust. Like I'm not, if I'm cool with you, whatever, we're an acquaintance. Sure. I might say a few words, but I won't really tell you how I feel. And you won't really get to get a look inside of what I'm feeling at that moment or time. When you become a part of my circle, really my circle is more like a dot. Once you become part of my dot, then I'm just like, Hey, you know, this is who I am. And people end up finding me annoying, but they end up loving me because like they don't, they get to see a completely different side that they may, may have not before. Like, a lot of people think I'm a hard ass for some reason. And in my own heart, I know that I'm like the biggest softie that I know. <laughs> it's like my vetting process is just very, very rigorous. I just, the energy I sense from people usually is what, what kind of dictates that. And like, you know, like for example, your energy towards us when we played the, the show at Aldares was just so positive. That, you know, like Shout the, out up to something. Yeah, I've been meaning to talk to him too. I haven't visited him in a while. I know. I feel bad. I, after the pandemic, I, I pretty much just stopped going. And, mm-hmm. and like all my people were over there. You know what I mean? I moved like four blocks away from there. Like, oh, yeah, it's on Northwest Miami and 20th. If you guys ever need an event space, shout out out there. Up to something studios. It's on Instagram everywhere. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, he's also done the podcast before, actually. Really? He has an episode. Damn. Yeah. I got to listen to that. That's just probably funny. <laughs> um, it was. Um, there, There's just been a lack of, of creativity since we can't do much. And you have like people like him and you who are used to be thriving in and out. Miami's such a, uh, there's always something to do city. I think making people forced to be inside and, you know. Well, motherfuck- I- motherfuckers aren't staying inside. That's number one. Let's say Mo- first- motherfuckers are adapting Let- quick to Let's this shit. Say- like, white on rice. Let's say the first month. Let's say the first two months. The first two months were more. Everything was isolated. An attempt to be legit than what it is now. It was contagion yeah. for all intents and purposes yeah. of the movie. I felt at that time there was a lot of, of people who came to some mental conclusions and they're riding this wave into this year. Um, how have you been affected? Like, what is what is an artist and entertainment business uh, have to deal with now that, like, before wasn't even an issue? Dude, live events. Live events right now are just taking a toll. Bartenders... They, they're hurting from live events. You know what I mean? The, most of the people in Wynwood, their Saturdays and Sundays were filled with $1,000 takeaways. You know what I mean? I, I know a lot of people hurting right now. And, like, people in the service industry all throughout, like, let's say, uh, you know, wedding DJs, wedding photographers, people that do big events like that. Like, I, I don't base my money off of live events, but I know people that base their entire careers off of this shit. So, like... People that only go to music festivals to shoot, people that only go to weddings to shoot, people that only go to, let's say, like little mom and pop events, you know, opening shit like that. And they just line up their schedules with that. And that's that's how they make their bread and butter. And and actually, my old roommate, he was a wedding photographer that, you know, he he was making bread. You know what I mean? And he was doing really well for himself. And then once the pandemic hit, good luck. Good luck getting a wedding. I think he got maybe one in like two months, if, if I remember correctly. And like... I was still doing work here and there, but I, I got maybe two gigs a month, maybe. You know what I mean? And it wasn't even something that great. Like before you would do a campaign, make, you know, a couple racks or whatever. And mm-hmm. I'm doing like maybe a birthday party with like 10, 15 people making mm-hmm. like a quarter of that. 
You know what I mean? It's just you got you got to adapt. And now I'm doing podcasts much like this, but on a video scale, mm-hmm. where you know it's concierge services. I pull up with all the equipment, three different angles, pretty much Joe Rog- Joe Rogan level ah, shit. You yeah, know, you got to adapt. I wanted to elevate what I'm doing, so we yeah, we're gonna talk. talk. We're, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about, about that. That's that's for after the podcast. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this this ad- adaptation is has made all of us do that. For me, it's it's focus on writing, focus on, on the reps of, of what it takes to be a musician and a visionary and how to put those things together. But then like we don't get the opportunity to then disengage with all those things. I was so stuck in here, like with the songs I've made and the stuff I did, I did I it was so insufferable at some point. So let me let me turn the tables on you. It's the let's let's get these turntables, like Michael Scott likes to say. Um when are we gonna hear shit from you? When are we gonna hear shit from from the band? When are we gonna there's a giant there's a rebranding going on there are songs that are done we have 11 fully done demoed out it's some more complete than others i'll show you um it's just a matter of of doing it in a way where i can brand the project for an entire year with visuals included merch per drop song per song um i've always wanted to do a short film along with the idea of the record and uh, i've had a director friend i was working with and then covid happened i haven't heard from him well, I'm going to be honest with you. The driving force I have just to complete this, even though there's absolutely no potential for it, is because of the year that I suffered through. At the end of the day, I still want to say I completed this shit. I don't give a fuck what it costs. Or I, I, at the end of the day, it'll be something I can complete for myself. And back in my 20s, I noticed I was always trying to do this for another reason, like to you know, tick up the clock. I don't give a fuck now. I just want to complete this. You got time. So, you got time. You don't got no health issues, right? Nothing going on? All right. For the foreseeable future, you're good. You have time. Yeah. So. At the end of the day, we, we got nothing but our youth. Yeah. I, I actually made it a note the other day to say, like, I always say, um, you know, however many years old, I'm always going to say years young. Because, like, it's it's very important to feel it's young. One. Yeah. Like, I, and that was just a little. I actually was watching a movie and they just said years young. And for some reason, they just like, oh, the last black man in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a great movie. I highly recommend Amazon Prime, or you guys can torrent it, <laughs> pirate it. I don't know. I'm a I'm a free man. If I ever make a great movie and it's like tenant level, it's billions of dollars, I give you permission. Go ahead, torrent. Someone's it. gonna learn from you, and one day that person it returns a favor full circle, and they'll be like, "Yo, because I saw this movie, I became so and so." So, I'm I'm I guess I just I just I just projected what it is to me now for music because Metallica is always my biggest act. Um. And now the thought of me not able to see them live again has like percolated. Like I've been cool being indoors, but like sometimes I'll like be on YouTube and see like a concert. And I'm like, man, I can't wait to see that band. And I'm like, mm. I was supposed to see Ramstein this year in, in Minnesota. Imagine going to Minnesota now. <laughs> Bro, that's how I felt about Juice World. I was, I was, I'm still a huge Juice World fan. That shit like hurt. That, that shit hit. Like when I, not even just that. Mac Miller, yeah. yo, like grew up on that guy. You know what I mean? Nike's on my feet. Keep my cypher complete. Like, that shit, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. Like, it, it, a lot of young people that we're losing that right now just to, like, Oxy's fucking perks, lean, fucking overdosing on coke, what, mm-hmm. you name it. I mean, I got to film fucking Pop Smoke three, four months before. I saw that. Me. You were in the in the West Coast, right? Going over, uh, was it Rolling Loud? Yes, sir. Rolling Loud. Shout out Big Rolling shout Loud. Shout out accomplishment, man. I, I'm sure I wrote you something when I saw those, like, I think you were behind Uzi or something. Yeah. But just to cool. see anybody I know shine like that means the, means the most. Yeah, Tell man. me about that experience. Shout out Uzi, dog. Letting me on stage <laughs> with him. That shit was crazy. 
breathing distance between a goat. But nah, I got I got to see a lot of great people over there. I actually got to collaborate with uh with Burner with Cookies over there. I got to collaborate with uh Packwoods, shout out Packwoods. Um I got to collaborate with a bunch of great people in LA. I I consider that like not my second home, but a third home almost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, New York is my second home for sure. And then Miami is always going to be, you know, my bread and butter. Shout out 305. But like, honestly, LA is a great place, but I would never live there. Never. No. Like I, I don't ever, if I do live there, it would be only on a working basis. Because it's just that place, not just the toxicity of like the environment. Like there's a lot of bull- bullshit in politics. I don't really like to get into politics. I'm mm-hmm. a pur- purple people. You feel me? I'm pretty much in the middle on most stuff. But I personally think that there's just so much saturation in that area. There's a great, a lot of great talent, but I feel like you get weeded out. You know what I mean? Here in Miami, or at least on the East Coast, I feel like there's a lot more opportunities for not just Latin artists, but like there's a lot of trap artists here in South Florida that are popping off. You know what I mean? Like people like Bad Vibes Forever and, you know, people like, you know, Ski Mask. They are making music videos with people like um, Cole Bennett. Mm Mm-hmm. Popping right. off, he's so great. Yeah, I love that white boy. I love that white boy. Like his 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 run in like twenty late twenty seventeen all the way to late like twenty nine twenty nineteen, he was making everybody stuff at a vicious rate. I mean, that's the only way you're gonna get put on. And then he has such a great relationship with everybody else too. Yo, and the shit that he did with Blueface, like I can't stand Blueface as a, as a person. To be honest, just his personality bothers yeah. me. But I think his persona is hysterical, mm-hmm. and I think that the way that Cole Bennett did those videos made him made it even better. You know what I mean? Like Cole Bennett just has a way with storytelling and, and videos. It's it's so simple yet it's intricate as fuck. Especially the stuff that he yeah, I think he got a, an award for the stuff that he did with Eminem mm-hmm. for uh, Godzilla. Really? Or well, I I don't know. I think that's the name of the song. But dude, he's just doing ridiculous shit all the time. I I, I think he really took the like '90s like hype William shit. And it evolved it to a modern level, but made it his own. But like, I once you kind of start studying like stuff behind the camera, you start noticing things. So I was like, I can see who you're influenced by, and I, I don't run with it because like that guy is his 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 content made a lot of those artists' songs pop a lot more than without those visuals, uh, especially for that Juice World song. I always just remember that uh, the staircase, mm-hmm. like and that visuals never leaves my head after seeing that video. Probably like only seen it twice. But, like, he just made such memorable, like, visual moments. Yeah. And there's just something about storytelling in music videos that especially... And that's why I love music videos from the 90s and the early 2000s, like, old R&B and hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Like, It Wasn't Me by Shaggy. Yeah. If you ever watch that video, yeah, seen that fucking shit. hysterical. All right? And and I, I can sing that shit word for word right now. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll go all three minutes. But... Things things like storytelling in music videos is something that's very undervalued in mm-hmm. this in this modern area because I feel like there's a lot of trap artists that they just have like I, I call it the Costco you know the Costco video package because it's like a seven hundred dollar music video you mm-hmm. get two light bars you get one black magic maybe and then you know you get I don't know bro you get you get like very under budgeted shit mm-hmm. and honestly it's gonna be the same thing over and over again. But there's people that thrive off of that. There's there's videographers and photographers that do amazing at that level. Yeah. And, and shout out to my boy, Warrior because he kills that shit and he can produce a music video in no time. Like I'm talking about maybe like a 48-hour turnaround with video effects, after effects, everything. Or I, th- I think he used Final Cut, but he does whatever, I think mm-hmm. Fusion or some shit like that. So 
shout out to the people that can do that stuff, but I can't. I want to be the big budget guy that's doing like five thousand, six thousand dollars music videos. Mm-hmm. I want to be on the level that like you know P Diddy's hitting me up and giving me twenty racks for you know a small music video for his kid or some mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? On that level, and and I've been able to kind of upgrade my, I guess not skill set, but. <clears throat> my network of production equipment, mm-hmm. I guess. You know what I mean? Just Crucial, like, I understand now. Yeah, man. Lighting is everything, and lighting is expensive. Yes, it is. Like, one RE light can cost you anywhere from five to 25 racks. <laughs> and that's one light. You know what I mean? That's one thing that you dim little and big, and then, it, it like, maybe two colors. <laughs> maybe. If, if you want to get an RGB panel, those things are already upwards of 30, 40 racks. <sighs> to rent one of those for the day, the cheapest you'll find it, maybe six, seven hundred. So that's just one light. You feel me? And that's just the lighting team. That also doesn't count for the hours of labor that that labor that lighting guy needs. You know, the grip, the grip needs money. I need money. You know, the people that are PAing need money because you need people on set to help you with everything. You need people to make the fucking set, right? You need the production specialist. Yeah. You need the production designer. You need a, a stylist. These are all things that cost money. These are all things that, you know, don't get accounted for in some of these, like, new starting out rappers' heads. It's like, yeah, you can do a seven dollars $800 budget video, but it's not going to have you the same level as, you know, let's say Rick Ross. You're not, you're not going to have a level of TI. You feel me? You want, you want dead and gone level? You want to be in the middle of a desert with a hoopty? We can make that happen. That costs bread, though. You know what I mean? I mean, I could take you out with my fucking Sony 6500 for like 500 bucks and we can go to like Homestead. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I want to fly you out to the Mojave Desert and I want to do some live shit. I don't want to do no That's bullshit. There is a, I am so, there's, I have a desert scene in my head for what the small film I want to make and you just know you got to get it and it's whatever costs, man. I, I fuck with that. Bro, I'm trying to make my first short film happen before 2020 ends. Really badly. I really want to make a, a not not just like a five ten minute. It's gonna probably be like thirty minutes, forty five minutes, just like short short style film, mm-hmm. almost like a short. But I want to make it. It's just COVID fucked everything up. I was yeah. planning to go to. Uh, it's actually based on the Scared Straight program. Mm-hmm. It's one of my clients that she hit me up. She's like, "Hey, my you know my ex husband does this and that, and he was one of the pilot people for the Scared Straight program through you know I'm not gonna specify the details because you'll yeah. find out if I ever make it, but um. I was supposed to go up to Rhode Island and I was supposed to, you know, meet people. I was supposed to do a bunch of shit and it's just this COVID shit delayed everything. Mm -hmm. And now I don't even know if I can even start in 2020. It's like, it goes back to the live event thing. You can't get a permit right now. You you try to get a permit for a production. You can maybe get 10, 15 people out there. Maybe. That's if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And most people are doing a guerrilla warfare style where they're not even getting a permit and they're just doing big budget shit. And I've seen a couple of people already in Brickell where they're having like boat scenes and shit on helicopters. And I know damn well they don't got no permit for that. Or if they did, they got good friends. Miami. Welcome to Miami. <sighs> well, it, that has also influenced my, uh, there's enough time to perfect it in the lab approach until I have to get to those things. Because at the end of the day, there's a lot of details to iron prior. Especially for music, so like if I if I want to be even showing uh, uh, like a rough draft of what I want for a visual, I gotta get all the music done. Just and that's a mission on its own. But like it's almost like for me, the at least the writing process is over. Um, I, be, I did a lot of research before I went into the writing process. And how I, many songs do you think you've written, like total lifetime? Yeah, 
Let me. I've been playing. I'm. It's rough estimate. Just I, like I, at least over 200, 300. How many of those have you made into like final products? Uh, probably narrowing that down to like fifty. Okay, and then out of those fifty. How many hours do you think you spent perfecting most of them? <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm gonna hit you with some with some shit. Nah, there's 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 a method to my madness. There's there's math involved. Thank you. Um, as I've gone older and realized what I hated in previous material, that number goes up. So, um, again, these are just rough estimates. Hours, I can't. It's just hours. Everything is laborious for me. Um, so you'd say pretty much like fifty days worth of shit, at least. Okay. Yeah, because that's how I'll be in my head about a video. I'll, I'll spend each video will be, we'll say the labor comes out at like six to eight hours, depending on how long the video is. If it's a long form video, let's say like a podcast, it, it, there's different methods that I make my work faster. Obviously, mm-hmm. I don't need to go through a three hour podcast or a three hour movie to like make it happen in six hours because yeah. you would think, oh, you need to watch it, do every angle. No, there's shortcuts. You know what I mean? There's, yeah, I there's different things. There's timeline syncing you can do. There's different, um, you know, multicam stuff. Mm-hmm. There's there's different methods. You can look them up. DaVinci Resolve is probably the best by far, you know, for the people that know what I'm talking about right now. So um, there's ways to, and, and that's why it's like, it goes back to the saying, I don't know if you've ever heard it. You're not paying me for the time I'm spending on a project. You're t- paying me for all the time I spent learning up to now on the project. Oh. God, that's so valuable. People don't get that. Like, you're not paying me. If it takes me 30 minutes to shoot your whatever car scene, but I'm charging you, let's say, I don't know, just for figures, three thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You're not paying me 30 for 30 minutes worth three thousand dollars. No, I'm probably bringing a bunch of equipment and I'm probably bringing a bunch of different factors, or there's some type of skill set that I'm offering to the table that makes it three thousand dollars. You're not just paying me $3,000 for 30 minutes. That's not how it works. And that's how in a lot of people's head when they're trying to, you know, scale their business or trying to provide, you know, something of value to their brand or to their personal, you know, life and, you know, social media or whatever, they don't see the value of investing in themselves sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I have to kind of put that on the table and it's a good negotiating standpoint where it's like, yeah, you know, you could go do, and, and this is like the fulano that is charging me this much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, he's going to go do it in Hialeah for like 50 bucks. Cool. Then you're going to get the Hialeah paint job for 50 bucks. You know, so I'm not charging you because I think that I'm better than the Hialeah paint job. I'm just charging you because this is the skill set that I bring to the table and also the production equipment, you know, the people etc. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? People just think time equals money. Time doesn't equal money. There's factors involved. You know, there's levels to this shit. I, I think that um, people will see or hear like a three-minute song <clears throat> and that factor in what it takes to get to that point. You know, a lot of media is very commoditized and it feels free to most people. Excuse even me. though, you know, a lot of people spend, you know, thousands of dollars and hours for stuff like the, i haven't even showed you the studio we have here this is just my this room studio on this bitch yeah like i helped you, you move in here when did you make that <laughs> <laughs> um so like i understand that and 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 just a journey of having the right instrumentation the right technology and then having all that technology understood and then realizing like when you hear like for my instance when i'm hearing like a, a hit song you're not hearing every layer of it 
on the radio. You have to dig deeper, dig deeper, find isolated files, find stems. I'm obsessed with vocals, so I found isolated vocals for like 90s bands, for like 90s R&B bands, so and me, I can hear that shit. Wait, just not to interrupt, but no. let me ask you a question. Do you feel, and this this goes back to also the, the thing about value and skill set, mm-hmm. would you, if you had a, a ukulele, I, I mean, I don't know how chords work on a guitar or mm-hmm. anything like that, but let's say a smaller guitar that's not as great as one of the really good ones you've invested in. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your skill set would depend on the quality of the guitar? Or do you feel like your skill set depends on how much you know about guitar playing and about, you know, music? Do you feel like it changes the quality of the tone? Do you feel like it changes the quality and what you're able to charge? Or do you feel like, nah, I can kill this set right now with a $300 beat up ass guitar or if you give me Metallica's, you know, Suncaster or some shit. That I have outside. I actually yeah. don't have the room for, I don't have room for the Metallica t- guitar inside. That's yeah. how many I have. Ugh, terrible. But I got, I'll... It's not, a, it's not an addiction. It's a lifestyle. It, the, the, so the guitars that I've invested in have been able to bring the things I wanted to bring out to voices um, on music. So there is an intrinsic, I could do it on anything because the ideas are in my head. But the for anybody who, who still makes, you know, like like music and is like in non-digital, just only ways, some things are very feel translated. So I, I feel that the the what I want to achieve, I have to get certain things for. Not because that's the only solution. But because there is a, a certain like barrier of quality, um, and part of a, I guess like a recording process is going through something that people don't understand a lot is like, you know, the sounds that end up as a final song aren't the sounds you start with, right? There's a lot that goes into sounds. This is not like some sort of an argumental thing. Like I'm talking about like frequencies and waves, and how different things hit different waves at different peaks. And that's what really makes music hit. That's the reason that pop music hits in certain frequencies. So when we're putting together music, you're accounting for all that because that's what now I'm at the point that I've learned. When I was making records when I was younger, I was way too into other aspects. Now I'm into like breaking down a song on a ukulele. If I can break a song down on a piano or an acoustic guitar, that means the song's going to be amazing. It's once I you add all the, all the stuff into the gumbo that you realize, okay, in order to make these things sing, in order to make these parts work, you're you're going to have to need uh, certain tools. So, for example, I've never nerded out this much on, the, on my own podcast. The the bass I have right there is a bass uh, that's patented. Which one? The pink one. Okay. So that instrument, the person who makes that instrument makes it patented. It's a multi-scale bass, meaning... Every string length is a different tension length, similar to a piano. That guy patented that, which is a dingwa bass. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, they know that that shit is the clearest sounding bass because the lowest string is a 37-inch scale. For a Fender bass, that string is a 33. So the clarity that that bass provides is patented. So I had to pay the price. I didn't want to. How much was that bass? I'm scared to ask, but how much was it? it was, ah. No way. Yeah. Worth every penny, though, Worth right? Worth every motherfucking penny. 
As soon as I unbox that motherfucker, I hit that little B. And I'm like, ah. Oh. Bro, I've just been investing in gear. I've got a whole thing in Amazon. It's called, it's one of my wish lists. It's, it's attached separately. Or it's rather, it's detached separately. Yeah. It's called gear porn. Just because <laughs> I want all of it. I want all of it. All I can't it, afford it right now. Yeah. But trust me, I'm going to buy it. You know what I mean? I've got like, I've got so much to invest in, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not even close to done. Like, and I feel like I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my life because they come out with new gear and, and I'm sure you can attest to this for music stuff too. There's new shit every other year or at least One every year. One of my year. guitars is USB powered. How the, what, what yeah. the, instead of having like, you know, like, you know, guitar pickups, they pick up the, the string vibration. Correct. They got a company called Fishman and got to the point where they're like, why well, use magnets? Just put chips under that shit. And when it runs out of, and when it runs out of battery, just charge it with a USB cable. Most guitars don't need batteries, but because uh, this is like a high end ass product, they're like, "Fuck it, put a USB charger in the back." Like, nah, it's so you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to show me that later because yeah. I'm, I'm still lost. I'll on give that. you a guitar tour when we take a break. I used to play bass back in like middle school. I played it for like a year. It was just because like it was like you either play the bass or you play the tuba. And I'm just like, you're not putting me behind a fucking tuba. I love bass um, because. It was the instrument that was forced upon me because my brother got a guitar. <laughs> Damn. And, I, and I, my mom just gave me, this is a different guitar. Damn. And I was they just gave like, you the They gave you the Luigi treatment? I'm the older brother, by the way. So That's fucked and, up. And I asked for a guitar. Damn, like, my, boy Monte, my boy Monte is the younger one, and he, he gets pampered too. So I already I already know the, the bullshit you have to go through, bro. I'm so, sorry. My boy Jeff, he, he gets the long end of the stick. So shout out to my brother Giancarlo because I eventually got good at bass, and he eventually got bored of guitar. And nice. I picked that shit up, got my, and then I, that's what got that's what got me rolling. Oh, so, so wait, you're ambidextrous. You know how to play guitar and bass. Guitar, bass, piano, drums. I've always wanted to learn how to play piano, bro. I've had such a, I have such a respect for people that know how to play piano. People like John Legend, Woo. fucking Ray Charles, mm-hmm. yo, fucking uh, well Stevie Wonder, duh. Of course, the goat. Fucking Billy Joel, fucking piano man, Elton John, like all these people. Ridiculous, Freddie Mercury. Like, Ooh, I've been binging Queen lately. Yeah, you told me. You told me. Um, you know, I don't know if you're into Led Zeppelin, but uh, fuck yeah, John Paul Jones, his piano work all over Led Zeppelin is fucking ridiculous. Like trampled under the foot. He does the stuff in Cashmere, all the stuff in Stairway to Heaven. Like he doesn't get any credit for it, but like without him, like Led Zeppelin wouldn't have shit. He was like he was the jack of all trades in that band, from mandolin to guitar to drums to to. Playing bass with his feet while playing piano and shit. Like Super cliche, moment. but Led Zeppelin was Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, and like Men at Work were all on repeat when I first like acid. I did acid for the first time. All, they were just on a repeat, and I was like, I had that moment of clarity. Where I was like, I understand. <laughs> if you've never done anything and listened to Pink Floyd, you're fucking missing out. Like Animals, The Wall, and Dark Side of the Moon. Like I've done to individual to all those albums. I just like. There's no relaxing feeling like just bro. Like, the machine. To that. <gasps> Welcome to the machine. Okay. Welcome to the machine. When you get when you get Yo. that album, it hits you. It's my favorite Pink Floyd. Album. It under you understand. Yeah, you're like okay, I get it now. Mm-hmm. I see. I see what they meant. Mm-hmm. And then and then there's also people like uh, like the Dead. You can't listen to the Dead unless you've done acid, and that that goes back to the whole. I forgot his name, but he was the guy that you know manufactured all their sound towards acid. Like he he engineered all their concerts, or there was some sound system that he created. I'm he, running. I know who this is. I'm running a mental blur. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like whatever. So you understand 
the dead and I, I had listened to the dead before i had ever done acid and i was like i don't really get this like i don't understand where the like I, and i i always have had an enjoyment and a you know you know passion for classical like rock and stuff like that but i always listened to them before i had done anything and i was just like why the fuck do people like this shit you know what i mean and then i actually was watching joe rogan podcast the other day and i'm gonna look up the name of the song right now but um you, there was somebody talking about it. It's just like, you don't really understand until, you know, you do acid. I just, I have a, I have a huge respect for psychedelics. I, I can't take too much because I'm scared shitless. Like I, I've always had friends that do like, oh, I did five grams of shrooms and I did three stamps of acid. I'm like, fuck you. I'm doing one and that's it, motherfucker. I'm doing like a gram of shrooms. Maybe, maybe. I want to do DMT. I'm, I'm so wanting to do DMT. I've always been scared of hardship, bro. Like I, I had Me a really too. bad experience when I, I was in my second year of college, and I went through some bullshit. I'll spare the details, but like, I got to see a lot of people and some fucked up shit, and I just got scared straight. I was just like, nope, this hardship ain't for me. I saw people doing fucking meth in a bathroom, and I was just like, nope, nope. You know, once you see your first heroin needle, like I think that's the point where you realize what part of the. When you see when on. you see people doing perks and oxys off of tinfoil and a straw, that's when you know there's no going back. I, I, that the pill stuff always freaked me out. Terrified of them. Um, I went through a withdrawal after my back issue because I was taking tramadol, and the withdrawals lasted longer than the feeling of the tramadol did. I apparently I took it very bad, and I'll never do anything like that. All that shit hits me bad. I get sour. My I have I have a what we call a Jewish stomach in my culture, mm-hmm. and like I'm sensitive to everything. And I I took I was taking I think oxycotton for you know after my uh, my wisdom tooth, mm-hmm. and bro I would take them and I would just like start sweating bullets, Same. dude. And that shit just like I don't I know how like I don't DNA know. was changing. Yo and, and like I make jokes about it. I'm like oh yo pop that perk thirty or like you know what I mean like those fucking memes on Instagram yeah. and shit. But like. I've never understood how people can take shit in such high quantities, not even just about the tolerance, but just also, like, how can you do that on a daily basis? Like, I, I saw motherfuckers doing, like, actual morphine, like, in pill form. Yeah, they were doing morphine in pill form daily, and they were hitting, like, 60 milligrams, 120 milligrams. Like, it was nobody's business. Homeboy was, like, just fall out right there. Yeah, she was crazy. I saw a lot of dumb shit when I was growing up. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm thankful for the experiences I've been through. I, and you know, I'm on a daily basis. I, you know, I, I knock on. I don't know where the fuck there's some wood in this bitch, but you know, I learn every day. Unfortunately, yeah, and fortunately, I've I had um, you know, friends around that in in my upbringing. It's difficult to talk about because I've lost some motherfuckers. <clears throat> yeah, I've, I've lost some good people, like really good people, and, and like. Yo, I'll, I'm getting, again, chills right now just yeah. thinking about what basically what was like my second father. I, I lost him because he took, you know, too much of something and he drank and then that was it. Yeah. So in front of his kid. That shit, I, I couldn't handle that. Oh, man. Like that, that was my homie. Like I saw him every fucking day. I would come to his house, give him hugs. And, Yo, go pick me up Corona from the fucking store. I'm under, I'm under 21. It doesn't matter. You go to this store and you, you go get it for me. Mm-hmm. That type of motherfucker. Like, good people we lose to this shit every day. And then that goes back to, you know, Mac Miller, Juice World, all these people. Like, why? Why do you have to... And I know fame comes at a cost. 
and that's why I'm always I've always been scared to promote myself. And like, if you look me up on Instagram, I don't have too many followers, Mm -hmm. but I have a good network, so that's why I stay, you know, pushing work. But I'm scared of fame. I'm scared to make a persona of myself because I always feel like you get to a certain level of fame where you get drawn into shit very easily. Yeah, and I feel like drugs are part of the mix very much. So I have some of my best friends are addicted to coke. You know what I mean? And and it's not just a Miami thing; it's an everywhere thing. Yeah. I got people that I'm scared for. You know what I mean? I, I I worry for them every day, and I don't know how long they're gonna make it. And it it hurts to think like, yo, you put it in perspective. Like everybody's got an expiration date. That's that's the morbid truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Born alone, die alone. There's, there's every type of thing in the book that you can think about morbidity, whatever. <clears throat> but you always try to value how long you got with people. And especially with this pandemic with going on, you've got a lot of people depressed, turn into shit that they maybe not have turned to before. So just like, yo, if you're listening and you have a problem, please do yourself a favor, get help. It, it sounds hard. I promise it's not. You feel me? Like this shit, you don't have to go alone because you've got people, even though you think you don't, those perkies, those whatever the fuck you got in your system probably has you thinking, yo, everybody's against me. They're not. You feel me? Even if you fucked up, whatever the fuck you've done, mm-hmm. I've got homeboys that have done wrong. Mm-hmm. And I forgive them. You feel me? I, I don't hold it against them. They don't hold it against you. You know what I mean? People just want to see you win. At the end of the day, if people truly love you, they want to see you win. No matter how wrong you've done them, I've done wrong by my people sometimes. Yeah. And I, I fucked up. I'm not perfect by any means at all. But I try every single fucking day of my life to do better. To be better. That's all I can do. I can't say sorry. Fuck sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry doesn't work. Not in my book. I got to show you that I can be better and that I can do better for you because if I'm going to be a person in your life, I got to add value. That's how I believe. Like It's fucked up to think of like X's and zeros when it comes to your relationships, but that's how it is. It's a transaction of energy. Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's not money. We're not we're not giving each other bread to be friends or, or you know acquaintances. I gotta spend time with you, and I gotta explain to you this is the type of person that I am, and then we gotta value each other enough to stay in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how this shit works. True. There's no oh yo let's go fucking go to the strip club a bunch of times. No, those aren't your friends. Fuck that. The people that are your friends are the people that you spend every day with, or that you choose like on your off day at work that you work six fucking days. The people on Sunday that you say, yo, come to my crib. We're watching the Heat game. Those are your people. That's who you got to be worried about. Those are the people that got your back. Those are the people that are going to look out for you at the end of the day. And if you've done wrong by them and, and we go back to the same issue, you got a problem, talk to them. Because I, I, it was hard for me to seek help like with anything. Like If I had a problem, I was just a little bit depressed. I couldn't talk to anybody. Yo, my junior year of high school, good luck getting a word out of me. I didn't talk to anybody. I gained like 60 pounds. I stayed in my room playing League of Legends all day. Like, that's that's all I did. Damn. So it goes back to the same thing. It's like, if you got a problem, my problem was food. Mm-hmm. Food was my fucking problem. Not drugs, not weed, not coke. I would fucking eat. That's how I solved my problem. Mm-hmm. That's how I filled my void. Then I, you know, I started working out, started getting on a diet. My dad literally looked at me and he said, no, you're not doing this shit. So there's help. You just got to find it. And you just got to be man or woman enough to just put the fucking hand out. That's true. 
Um, I went through that exact same shit this year. This shit took such a south turn, bro. I got so emotional. Nah, My bad, bro. Nah, I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll take a break now. Um, on one note, there's something I learned this this year too. Is like, you do there. I I learned to fear for the people who I love, because like you don't. They, everyone does have an expiration date, and um, you do realize that the best thing you can do is be better. Um, one thing, one quote that has always kind of worked with me because of how I view everything, transactional and stuff like that, even though it's the nitty gritty of it, is if you're not useful, you're useless. Very clear and so cut out. True. So if you, you want a better tribe, you have to upgrade. Like no one's born a 10, but you can work your way into a 10. Whatever that 10 is for yourself, right? So mad positivity will come out of all these times of just just utter darkness and misery i think look at the end of the day everything's gonna be more positive but let's take a break and decompress and we'll be right back and we're back and to be honest i've not watched basketball all year and you want to tell me why i should care about this heat team all my friends like the heat i'm just a hermit tell me what's going on with this basketball stuff first of all i just think number one Put respect <laughs> on Miami's name, all right? First of all, you live here, motherfucker, all right? Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> fuck you all the time. Number two, we're actually whooping ass. We had two straight sweeps. Oh, really? Yeah. Or no, wait. I think we might have gone 4-1 in the last one, but whatever. Mm-hmm. We still mudded Milwaukee. And as you see right now, sure, we're down by like... Six points. Yeah. We're current. We're currently watching Game Two, Miami versus Boston, and like, I don't know, bro. Just that last game. I don't know if you saw what happened. I don't know if you. Caught. I didn't. I am so out of the loop, my man. Bro, the last game, Bam, Adebayo, just got the nastiest block at like twenty. Not even like yeah, like twenty seconds. Mm-hmm. Not even goaltending because the guy still has contact on the ball, and he just like he's like maybe a foot away from the goal, and Bam just straight up. Says, no, thank you. Damn. Broke the Celtics' heart. Heats up 1-0. To be honest, I, I think the Heat is only like legitimate Miami team out of basically all the, other, all the other ones, how they run. But at the same time... I miss the Florida Marlins. Stop. I miss, they, I miss which, the Florida Marlins. Dog. Tell me why. That's a, that's a good one. Because, first of all, when Hard Rock Stadium used to be Joe Robbie Stadium... That's where they used to play. I feel like those were like the great days of the Marlins before they played at what was before the Orange Bowl, now the Miami Marlins Stadium. Like, I don't know. I just felt like the games there were just so much so much more wholesome. Like, the 2000, uh, 2003 season, that was fucking killer. Dontrell Willis was like my idol for like ever. You know what I mean? And then after they got sold to, I guess, basically Miami mm-hmm. instead of being the Florida Marlins, which yeah. it was still the Miami Marlins because they were here in Miami. Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, they were the Florida Marlins. I don't know for whatever reason they made that push, but I honestly miss the Orange Bowl. I fucking hate that stadium. I think it's just such an eyesore in the middle of like a very culturally rich area. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think that they a lot of, and this goes back to like saying like the dirty business here that happens in Miami. Mm-hmm. You already know like 80% of the skyline is built on Coke money, all that, all that jazz. Watch Coca- Cocaine Cowboys if you want to get some context. But like, mm-hmm. I just think it's fucked up that these big ass sports teams just can wipe out entire neighborhoods and just like, hey, yeah, we're just going to put this big ass eyesore in the middle of the city. Congratulations. It's a Miami problem. 
it, it opens up the, the the stadium roof opens up and it moves that's cool when i when i traveled i realized that there's respect in different places i was when i was in atlanta i visited um i met up with a friend at where the braves play and dude whoever made that compound is smart like everything for the braves like the hotel is there there's places to drink like that's how it is for the the dodgers in la yo shout out to that whole area the bank of uh california stadium Mm -hmm. where i think uh, the la galaxy i think is the name of the team play i think the soccer team and then um the dodgers play at the bank of california stadium yo such a dope ass place it's like a whole complex it's got like two different stadiums i think it's got like the uh the regular i think college stadium i think it's like a football field if i remember correctly i have some 35 millimeter shots of it but um it's like a whole football field then you've got a whole like other stadium in the middle that's pretty much for baseball and i think soccer because that's where they did rolling loud so that's why i'm like i'm trying to remember the layout but um and then they've got the hotel there it's like college station pretty much like it, it's a big part of uh i think usc i want to say it is mm-hmm. yeah the, i don't know yeah whatever fucking schools over there in la but um dude that whole area is just so dope like you, there's fire ass food the college is like three minutes away on a scooter you get to like there's some dope ass film shops like right around the corner that whole area is amazing but like you go to hard rock stadium what the fuck's around there walmart sonic we really fucked it up for the UM kids because that was the whole point. I went to UM games. My dad took me to to um, actually a soccer game there, Argentina versus USA. Yeah, back when I was legit, and uh, that that reinvigorated my soccer love because I was in shock that everybody in that stadium was going for Argentina <laughs> and not United States. And then I saw some UM Boston College games there too when I was younger. Uh, like like two thousand those early two thousand teams. So I'm, so, I'm supposed to go to the FSU versus UM game next week. That's still happening. Yeah, apparently. I don't know. I don't know how the fuck that's gonna work. Okay. I'm kind of. I'm tired of. I'm kind of scared. I mean, my dad has season tickets, yeah. so it's like, why not try to take advantage if there is a game? I'm like, I'm gonna be completely honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm cautious of Corona, but I'm not scared of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know if anybody else feels this, but like. Yeah, there's a feeling of like I'm tired of the shit. I'm tired of wearing, but I am taking my precautions. I don't want anybody to think that I'm like not wearing a mask. So I wear the mask. I'm not. A, yeah, I'm not an anti-masker. I'm not like oh fuck you and your personal bullshit. No, if you feel uncomfortable with me coming into your house without a mask, tell me. It, you know what I mean? I, I have nothing against that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely am over the whole like being scared of getting on flights, get, being scared of like going to the stadium. Like mm-hmm. I kind of want to just go back to normal life already. I, I'm really longing for it. So. It's different in other places. So, I mean, I, I, I can't attest to what's going on in other countries because, unfortunately, we do live in the information age. But I don't know if you've seen the new uh, uh, Netflix movie, The Social Media. Or I've social been, it's on my queue. I need to see it. Dude, they make such a good point of like, it's also the disinformation age. Because mm-hmm. there's so much information that you don't really know who to trust. Like, who's your viable source? There was, like, a whole thing on Facebook and Instagram that they started doing um, the uh, the false false check or f- fact-checking. Mm-hmm. I got one of my posts. Yeah, uh, I saw that. That yeah. was fucking hysterical. It was a meme. It was a meme. And they fucking <clears throat> flagged it. I don't know why, but it's, it's pretty crazy just to see things of censorship of that value. It's, yeah. like, how an entity like Instagram or Facebook can just be like, hey, yeah, this is fake news. You know what I mean? And who do you trust anymore? 
like who do you go to for your news and they i hate to be political about it but like I, this is why i don't watch the news i don't go to cnn i don't go to like anything the most i'll do is i'll read a headline maybe on like my phone you know how apple sends you like news yeah. things if you subscribe to it i'll get like a couple of those and if i like read an interesting headline i'll read it but like other than that i don't really i don't want to say that i'm you know um what's the word i'm looking for uh Stu- not stupid, but not that I'm unaware of what's going on around yeah. me, like on current events, but I definitely, I can't subscribe to all that misery and pain and no political this, political that. Like what you watch is who you are. What you consume is who you are. If you watch CNN, Fox, whatever the fuck, I don't care. But just like try to get your shit from a reliable source. Try to get somebody that's nonpartisan. You know what I mean? Try to get stuff from, I know CNN, a lot of people think it's super, you know, I don't know, I guess Democrat or mm-hmm. for the Democrats or whatever. I don't really know how the fuck that shit goes. I, I really do not know about politics. There is there's a, a a show I watch or a channel I subscribe to called The Hill because I saw them on Rogan and I like their character and their whole they're kind of two younger people who basically they're both one is left and one is right, but they basically spend the entire show not in a John Stewart funny way, which is which I think people would just take Trevor Noah as news now. But more of like a like I like him, but I don't I don't really think he belongs on the Daily Show. That's a hot take, I know, but <clears throat> I agree, but not not not, not the take for now. <laughs> it's it's he it, it used to be a show where you would make fun of the politics rather than take a side. And now it's definitely um there's a bias. And I wanted to find unbiased news because I like to question everything. I I don't want to subscribe to one one thing. Um I will definitely say, just like you said, I'm I'm very much in the middle. But I, I, the only thing I can be responsible for is myself. So, like, where I live right here, like, these protests, they did hit right smack right here to my neighborhood. So, I could see all the both sides of it. But I'm just, I'm just upset that people won't give nuance a chance. <laughs> and you can't do that via an IG or, or a post. You can only do that in person with, like, you know, people you actually care about. I saw a really good post the other day that said, um, yeah, we can disagree on stuff. But one thing we can't disagree on is like racism mm-hmm. or it was something along the lines of that. It was <clears throat> much more memeier, but like basically it's pretty easy to agree on most things, obviously. And I won't get into the details, but like things like, you know, we can agree that racism is bad, right? We can yeah. agree that everybody should be treated fairly. Like these are all things that we agree on. But for some reason, whenever, whenever, at least from my observation tank, whenever people are on different sides of a subject, it feels like people just want to be right. And instead of like being solution driven, they're more like, I'm going to highlight the problem and I'm going to get really passionate about the problem and like, like I'm going to get angry. But then once a solution comes to fruition and, and I've seen it happen, like there's a solution for many of the things that are problems quote unquote today. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck haven't we just, we both agree. Why haven't we come to a common ground solution? And it, it, that's why it's like I, I don't like to see myself on either side because I feel like politics has become such a like uh, thing like you're on one side or on the other. You can never be in the uh, No, I believe you can be in the middle. And people have called me hip, like hypocritical. They're like, no, you can't be because you have this viewpoint. I'm like, no, bro, I, I definitely think I belong somewhere in the middle because like I can agree with most things on one side, but not all of them. Because then it's like, oh, if you don't agree with the whole subscription list, like if you're not subscribed to all these magazines mm-hmm. in your, you know, theology, then, you know, you're not getting the whole package. That's not how it is. You're allowed to disagree with people, obviously not about like 
things like we said, like racism mm. or being treated fairly. But I don't see why the fuck people can just like chill. Like right now, like like you said with the protests, I didn't think all that shit was necessary. I don't I don't think that they're wrong. You know, I definitely think people have a reason to be angry, but I don't think that we're making any progress by like one doing violence. B like don't don't get me wrong. I definitely think people have a reason to be angry. Mm-hmm. I don't think we need to come to terms with violence because like I've seen where violence leads. It's nothing but bad. You know what I mean? And I just want to see people happy. And I guess that's why I'm like super I'm I'm dreaming about one day once I've made my fortune, hopefully, knock on wood, that I just want to get the fuck away from society cuz like I want to live on my own terms. If you really only have this problem when you live so close to people. Yeah. Like when you're in a big city like this, you only have that problem of like contrasting personalities when you're, for example, like this close to somebody. If you have space, you can live your life however the fuck you want, obviously within limits. Yeah. But that's why I'm just like, I want to live a happy life. I don't care who wins. I don't care how it goes as long as I am okay. My family's okay. The things that I care about are okay. And everything's protected, and I don't, I don't fuck with anybody. So I hope nobody fucks with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's how I live. And I, I believe very much in karma. I think karma is one of the most valuable things you can ever learn about, and I firmly believe that it exists. I, I can't agree with you more. <laughs> I also think that the <clears throat> when you dedicate your energy. To bettering, you know, you yourself and your your nuclear family and your circle, all the other political noise goes out the window, and it doesn't become important anymore, because it doesn't matter. It's an echo chamber at the end of the day, whichever thing you subscribe to. And I think more people are more nuanced than that. I don't really feel that everybody that everybody honestly would subscribe to a side, but we don't account for things and basic questions, just like you mentioned, happiness. Um, what people want out of their lives like those are not politically bound things but we even we we even in our complete boredom and an unappreciation of life took a uh as of what we know right now a global pandemic and politicized it and drove people to hate each other for it and that is upsetting and it's we need to take a, a collective look at ourselves and be like man how spoiled are we that we can't even like just t- care for your the your neighbor Without it being something um, so controversial, it's 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 upsetting to me. And once it affected my life, and seeing the news and stuff like that, it's like, dude, like, do you? I, I get it. I understand how you feel, but but let's be a little bit more empathetic here in our in our time alive. Let's be a little bit more helping the people around you rather than thinking everyone's here is quote unquote out to get you or like that people from a political side are out here to literally shit on your parade. No one cares about you. No, you didn't get the memo. Not giving a fuck about people is cool. Though. That's what people think is cool. Like genuinely, like I don't subscribe to that bullshit. There, there is a subscription in people's heads that says, Oh, the more I don't care about people, the a more famous I'll get, or B the more money I'll make or C the more, um, you know, I guess uh, not no strings attached, but like unconditional love that I yeah. can get in return. You know, whatever medium it is, people think that 
not giving a fuck about other people is how they get there. Mm-hmm. That's not how it is. I've, I, I've always learned that helping other people, or at least in my, my eyes, mm-hmm. I've shown in results, like, yo, helping other people has gotten me further in my life. Like, my mentor, I helped him out with a bunch of paperwork that he needed help with. Like, he had never done it for his business. And he taught me so much more in return, like, that I can't even pay back. You know what I mean? Like, the, the in in terms of what I did for him was pennies on the dollar compared to what he taught me. So, like, I don't, I don't really see the value in, I guess the simple way of putting it is, is being a meanie. Mm-hmm. It's easy to talk to people, but a lot of people aren't willing to listen. So, I guess that's the tangent I was going on there. I mean, part of the reason I have this podcast is to become a better active listener to take my ego out of something even though this is my podcast i get it but <clears throat> here's the the creative part of it i listened back to these episodes because a i want to make sure they went well and b um i send it to like you know the person before i post it just so they know you know just in case people get weird and as i hear that 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 stuff i can hear myself listening better or basically getting somebody to rant which is basically what i would want that's the whole point for you to speak your fucking mind and and have at it and nah i can't sit here forever and, and just go on a tangent i need you to like give me some feedback nah i need nah like i can't i can i can definitely talk don't get me wrong if yeah. i'm passionate about something i can go for Let an me, hour hey man i've been with people in the same place when they thought they could talk forever and i had to i had to like look in their eyes and be like oh you need this hook you need it like it, i've had it both ways and I, I prefer the person to to speak the most because I I don't want to hear myself. I know what my story is about. I don't like my voice. I I, I mean, <laughs> it's a fucked up way of thinking about it. But I really hate my voice. Like, and my girlfriend would be like, "No, I love your voice." No, I like in my head, I think I have a silly voice. So it's just like, I'm not here to listen to myself talk. If uh, like for example, I'm only here because I hope that whoever's listening is getting some value out of whatever the fuck we're talking about. I don't. I don't really care if it get. Not, that's not the way to put it. Is that it won't affect me mm-hmm. if it doesn't get to them or if it doesn't impact them. But I hope at least they take some part of what we're talking about today and it helps them in some way, shape, or form. You'd be surprised. Um, part of my my mental re putting myself together process has been getting back on this, and I've been getting just amazing feedback from people when I haven't been advertising that I really got back on it before. I used to now. I, I just use it as a as a way to learn and to and to let others have something to say, and I've gotten better results in it. It's motivated me to actually do it more, and for that reason, dude, like um, you have that ability to to connect with people. You got that ability to speak your shit. The only reason I'm in this house, because like we said earlier, is you helped me move here, off of we just meeting you at a show. So we didn't even ex- exchange like friend energy. That was just like work energy for both of us. No, I, I've always been the kind of guy where like, I'm very protective of my energy. I'm always like, if I don't really focus, and and the reason why, of course, that I extended my arm out and helped out is because like, I knew you were good people. You know what I mean? I get it's it goes back to our topic of energy. It's like, I definitely knew you guys were cool people, and I was just like, you know, and you can only take a shot. You know what yeah. I mean? When you meet certain people, it's like, all right. You kind of go off, and first impressions are everything. I don't care what anybody says. Like if I make a bad first impression and I really feel like that I made a bad first impression, I'm gonna try super hard the next time. If I'm trying to impress them, obviously, or if I'm like, 
I don't know, trying to create a relationship professionally or just yeah. like, I feel like, I don't know, just the first time I met them, I just didn't do great. You know, I, that actually happened to me last week where I was like, damn, I think and it was on the, the six day gig. I was like, damn, the first day I was like, ah, I don't know how good, because I was pissed because like the whole pre-production process was painful. You know what I mean? It was just kind of, it was kind of hard and it was just getting to me. It was getting under my skin and my partner, Sergio, shout out to you. Um, Sergio Fernandez, Surfer Media on Instagram. Um, the biggest thing, go ahead, man, cop it out. Let it out. Okay. No, uh, I know that feel, man. So the the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway from that was like, damn, maybe I got to chill a little bit. Like I let my temper get the best of me sometimes. Anxiety gets the best of everyone. But um, I really, I take a second and, and thankfully he was there to kind of like bring me back to reality. I was like, hey, it's all going to be okay. Yeah, we're stressed out right now. Yeah, we got a big workload, but let's stay focused. We can handle it. And thankfully, you know, we, we figured that shit the fuck out. Do you think you have the ability to, because <clears throat> it happens to me, that um, I'll unleash sometimes unintentionally when the subject matter had nothing to do with it sometimes. Um, I've learned not to reflect more to, to not kind of get to that point. Do you feel like because you're just handling so many things at once that you need some, um, that like the outlet for you to like have that stress? like has changed a bit or like, are you just like having to manage it in different ways? That's a good question, man. Because like I've always had a huge issue with stress. Like I'm young as fuck and I've got gray hair and more than a few. <laughs> like I, um, I've always, the beginning of my life, like the, the teenage years, I didn't really cope very well. You know what I mean? Like I said, I, I was, pretty chunky and I was like eat and not talk and I had like really unhealthy unhealthy coping mechanisms mm -hmm. I just shut down entirely um I now have learned to open up a lot more and I, that again touches on the topic of like seeking help like I officially started like listening instead of talking because I always I thought it was a know-it-all so I thought I was like yeah no I don't need to talk to people like I'm, I'm good I'm sad life sucks fuck you don't talk to me don't touch me Feed me. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I just, I wanted to make sure I was, and it was a huge breaking point in my life. I was like, I want to make sure I make it. Yeah. And and I guess a lot of people, and I've heard this from a lot of people. It's always like, when I was 19, I didn't know I was going to make it to 21. I was like, I'm surprised I even made it this far. Like, life is a motherfucker. Adulting is hard. I could, I could say that. Adulting is a bitch. Yeah. Like, this shit ain't fucking easy. And anybody that says it is, is a fucking liar. There's no safety net. <clears throat> People have safety nets. I know, I know not plenty. Every, I know not everybody. No, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But even the people that have safety nets, sometimes their net is a little too good. And then they're not prepared for things in life. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen a lot. Where, like, I've had cousins that, unfortunately, they their parents just, like, pamper the fuck out of them. Mm -hmm. And they're just not socially developed enough to, like, handle the real world. And it sucks because I see them get taken advantage of by whoever the fuck they're doing business with. Or they just, like, get into different business schemes every fucking month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And, it, and that sucks to see because, like, you always want to see your family do amazing. So it's just, like, 
there's no guide to parenting yeah. and I'm not a parent, so I can't, re- I, I've got a dog. That's as much as I fucking know about parenting, maybe like a goldfish that I've had. <laughs> but, um, I definitely think that it's up to you as an individual and especially growing up throughout life to kind of just like start seeing what's okay, what's right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Di- obviously different people grow up in different lifestyles. I have plenty of homeboys that grew up in really rough, you know, rough hoods, rough yeah. houses you know, come from really shitty situations. But I've also seen a lot of them bounce back because at some point or in same, someone sh- some way, shape or form, they were just like, they had a transitionary moment where they're like, all right, this is where I need to click and like turn into overdrive. I need to change who the fuck I am, do a 180. That's what I did. That's what a few of my people did. Like not change who you are. You should always stay who you are truly. Like don't be a fake version of yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't like change from personality to personality but just change your lifestyle change what you're doing change an unhealthy action like i used to chain smoke cigarettes parliaments were my vice <clears throat> like a motherfucker i could smoke a pack of cigarettes all right and i don't mean that lightly so i transitioned to vaporizers because i started working at a at a smoke shop mm-hmm. in winwood and then you know just like I stopped eating as much again in junior year and like I substituted the unhealthy shit for like healthy snacks. And yeah. I, was, I was still eating a lot, but it was a lot of healthy shit. So, you know what I mean? And I kind of tricked my body into being like, oh, okay, we're taking less calories, but we're eating the same mass. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, cool. And then just, I started doing exercise. I started like tricking my body into thinking like, oh, we're not sitting our fat ass just playing video games all night. Okay. All right, cool, cool, cool. Muscle mass started growing. You know what I mean? Shit. I mean, it's crazy. It's baby steps. But it's it's actually a really quick process if you dedicate it. Yeah, you know, if you dedicate yourself. Yeah. But um, you really can put... It's This is the most cliche thing I'll say on this entire fucking podcast. You really can do what you put your mind to. It's just a matter of motiv- motivating yourself. And motivating yourself is a motherfucker. It's hard. But some people have it figured out. Others don't. I like to think that I have it partially figured out, mm-hmm. but I like to think that I'm also still learning as I go. We're all learning as we go. I, th- I think you just start perfecting your tools once you have enough of a, <clears throat> maybe discography is the best way to say it. And you can look back and know what to improve. I'm sure you have reels. I'm sure you have a lot of stuff you've done where you can point out your mistakes or you can point out where you've improved since then, right? Definitely. I, I definitely feel like I've improved from when I first started. Mm-hmm. I've only been in this game for maybe, I would say like three years yeah. solid. You know, I mean, I've always had a passion for photography. always had a passion for cameras. But that was just a hobby I had in like high school because I, I did AV club or like mm-hmm. the, the news shit in the morning. And then, um, yeah, man, it, it turned from a passion to a career when I, I pretty much... I didn't quit. I, I got kicked out of FIU. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I I basically could not continue going there because I was going to go on like some probation or whatever. They're going to put me through hell. Mm-hmm. And I was basically like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yeah. And my mom pretty much housed me after I, you know, I got into some rough shit over there. And then I, I, I'll be honest, I got arrested over there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm again, I'm no saint, but... I've definitely come a long way. I can I can say that indefinitely because when that shit happened to me, I was like, "Fuck, 
now I really got to focus on what the fuck I'm going to do with my life. I had some like really odd jobs. I worked at a, I was always good with computers. So I started doing websites for people and kind of doing like, you know, infrastructure, mm-hmm. kind of like managing databases, kind of digitizing people's, you know, old files. I just got, I got crafty with it. I was just like, all right, I'll do what I know how to do. And that's computer shit. So I started like, you know, doing IT for people's businesses. I got a couple dealerships. I started working with, you know, Hyundai and Kendall. And then I started working with the antique guy over here, actually right, not too far. You know, the, the antique guy right there off of 95 that you see off on the left, mm-hmm. if you're going north, that whole row of antique cars. That was my client for like ever. Yeah. Ted Vernon. He's, he's fucking dope. But, um, I started doing that kind of stuff. And then I, I kind of realized like, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm making buy, I'm making bread, but like, I'm not really happy entirely. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's cool. It's cool that I, I get to do what I want on my own terms. Like I had my own company at the time, but I wanted to do more with my time. I felt like I wasn't doing what was my passion. So I was good at it, but it didn't make me entirely happy. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people need to realize too is like, and that's where you make a huge why in the, in the road in your life. It's like, do I want to choose to be happy or do I want to choose stability? Because sometimes it's not one in the same, brother. Mm-mm. And it, that's not even financial stability. No, no. Mm-hmm. That goes to relationships. Yeah. That goes to every type of choice you can make in life. Mm-hmm. Like financial shit with girls, with friends. You know what I mean? Like if you have an argument with somebody, do you? it, it goes back to do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't even just go to girlfriends. Like, yeah, obviously, happy wife, happy life. But, like, with friends, if you have a disagreement and it's something you can look past, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Disagree disagree or agree? You're right. You're you're (laughs) you're absolutely right. And I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Um, Any last words? Any last things before we head off? Um. Thank you so much for having me on this podcast. This shit was impromptu as fuck, but I, I welcome I welcome the impromptu shit. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, at Wolf Behind a Camera, Isaac Simbler. Look out for me. Uh, if you want to do some work, hit me up. I do everything. You know what I mean? And uh, I definitely love doing good work with good people. That's that's all I really care about. You know, and, and I try to do whatever the fuck I can. And that's usually a lot. I, I always try to overperform. I don't know if you're one of those people. I always like, I like to outperform my last shit. Like, I want to always do better than however the fuck I did last week. Same. Under, under promise, over deliver is a, yeah. is a mantra of mine. And I think it's the best way to do it. Especially now, when I'm back against the wall, it's the best time to do the most creative and crazy shit because you got nothing to lose. I'm hold, I'm holding you to an album by the end of 2020, dog. Oh yeah, we should tell Q about it. We gotta check the room and tell him, hey. Nah, we gotta talk about that room, dog. <laughs> Q, Q, we gotta make some bread, dog. I, I looked at that little freaking studio. We gotta talk, bro. I'm Jewish. I know people. He he comes uh he comes back in a couple days. So okay. I'm cool. gonna hit you up when he's here. We'll, we'll have a little kumbaya session. We'll have a kumbaya session. All right, guys, that's been the Bomb Pod. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, and we'll see you again next time. Peace out. <laughs>